0: What are some of the other since you're in this space and you spoke about HRV for training, how do you like think about evolving the product to to actually add more? Do you think about adding more biomarkers or actually going deeper into the HRV science? Which one of these would be your roadmap? Uh so that's one thing yeah, I, yeah. I was very curious about. The second thing is whatever you can share around this. what is the science behind using a phone camera and, and measuring the heart rate variability values? Really fascinating. Yeah,
1: of course. <laughs> thank you so in terms of um what to do in the future i think that so far we got a lot better at measuring these variables right so we we're talking before the technology got a lot better uh you mentioned some of the wearables you've had that make it a lot easier right you don't have to do anything you just go to sleep and they are measuring typically pretty good quality heart rate and hrv because there is no movement during the night then we can use apps like ours where you measure the same things uh using the phone camera so again very easy to capture high-quality data with respect to even just 10 years ago where you needed straps or a bit before you needed to go to a lab and, you know, use an ECG and that would obviously make it impossible to measure every day this kind of variables. Now, we got better at measuring, but we don't know that much of how we can influence the data so that it leads to, you know, better values or better health or better performance. So our ability to influence it it's, uh, yeah, it's not that good and we don't know that much. And now that we can measure it more easily, I think it's easier also to study how we can impact it. And some aspects, for example, could be linked to anything that is um, practices that try to target parasympathetic activity from uh, yoga or mindfulness or deep breathing or anything that basically involves a certain forms of breathing impact parasympathetic activity acutely as you do it. But the more, let's say, difficult question to answer is if that also leads to a change over time that is sustained in your baseline physiology. So I think that those aspects are, are what we are looking into and interested in right now to see if there is a way that you can reliably try to basically change the way the data responds to different stressors or the way your data changes over time with practices like this. So that, that is one the things you're looking into that I think we will learn more um, over the next years that we did in the past. Then in terms of the technology, well, the technology is actually not so complicated. It's uh, similar to what we have in uh, in wearable sensors today that use optical technology. So typically wearables have some LEDs, some light that we can actually see. Uh, For example, typically they use Green light, uh, some sensors like the ordering uses infrared so that one we cannot see, but still they will use some form of light and then basically flash it through the skin and then add some other sensor to detect these changes in light absorption when blood is flowing. Obviously, blood is flowing at the finger or the wrist when the heart is beating. So that information is related to heart rate variability in a way that you can simply see uh, the change in blood volume through the capillaries using either a phone camera or dedicated sensor like you have in wearables and that get that information to reconstruct the bit-to-bit variation that you have in our rate and heart rate variability so that you can capture that information without um, basically measuring the reference that would be the
0: electrical activity of the heart. This is really fascinating because what you did really is you converted what was erstwhile hardware into a software capability right Uh, i mean technically it's still hardware capability but it's the hardware that everybody has access to in the world exactly and potentially uh, a billion people in the world could could essentially uh, provide you the data and the patterns that probably would turn out to be the biggest clinical trial maybe not the clinical trial but Biggest observational study ever done in human health uh, in the world in terms of a yeah for sure biomarker. there are many
1: opportunities yeah yeah even in the context of uh, sports science you know there is typically studies are very small there is uh, maybe often less than ten people that are analyzed with respect to how their training changes their physiology and things like that while using the platform last year we published um, a study for example looking at these changes in response to Training as well as sickness, uh, alcohol intake, and the menstrual cycle in about 30,000 people. So it's a lot more interesting than to look at these patterns and see how they change also across, uh, for example, different age groups, right? Because most of the research may be as a very small pool of people and they are of similar age, typically young. But we can start looking at how things change also in uh, stress responses uh, for people that are 20 as well as people that are 70 or so.
0: Yeah, so the the data seems very very fascinating, given the fact that uh it has the ability to contextualize or make health personal for almost everyone, and and uh, it only gets better from there because the fact that once you have enough data, uh you will be able to derive patterns around stress and environment like like no other system could essentially, right? So the, the fundamental blockage in the system, which is how many humans have you tested this on? This goes away with uh, the platform like this, right? Or even with smart variables, because instead of doing a clinical trial, people would start doing observational studies then uh, to understand yeah, what really yeah, happens. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you can always try to also recruit um, for studies through the platform and then work together to try to basically answer research questions and see if uh, we can understand better certain patterns that are maybe not clear from from smaller studies that were done in more controlled settings. There are, of course, always limitations when we do these things in real life, so to speak, right? So there is no oversight. The data sometimes could be lower quality, so it's important to have ways to capture that to understand when signals are optimal, when they are not. This is something that we try to focus on a lot, even reporting it back to the user. So when you use the platform and you take a measurement, You will get also signal quality measurements that are typically not reported by wearables that are always, let's say, pretending that your data is always perfect. Well, we know it's just not the case, right? We know that heart rate with movement of the wrist is often inaccurate. So it's important, I think, to try to be more transparent on these kind of things so that the data can be trusted also for for research purposes both internally but also for you know universities and anyone else that is using the tools for uh, for their own research